0: With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street. With Get Down to Business, with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru
1: of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online at tandemhr.com. They just had a fantastic client appreciation event. Uh, with a great speaker and so many great tips and advice posted on their website. Once again, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. We've got a jam-packed lineup of content and information you won't want to miss. It's a live show, and you could call us at 312-642-5600. So I'm joined here in studio by uh, two wonderful people, um, and they are two-thirds of what make up the, uh, the, the brain power of the Sheen Advisory Partners uh, group, and I'm joined here in studio by Justin and Jim Shein, uh, who have a wealth of knowledge and a tremendous background in business, and uh, and just thrilled to have both of you. Uh, thanks for joining me.
2: Well, thank you very much for having us. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and I'll uh, turn over to my father, Jim Shein.
3: I think that was a way to correct the, the last name. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Got it.
1: Got it. Got it. Shine. Uh, well, we appreciate you coming in over here. So uh, unlike many people, uh, uh, that's one thing I guess you you can agree on. Uh, many family businesses, uh, many families don't have the good fortune of working together. So Justin and Jim Shine, uh, we appreciate you being here. And you're in the business of uh, of being in business. So tell us what that means. Tell us a little bit about uh, the companies that, that you're working with, and what you do every day.
2: Perfect. Well,
1: that, so
2: taking a step back, ever since middle school, I, I knew I wanted to be in, in business with my father. Uh, he was a successful owner, operator, seven middle market businesses. I became actually in, involved in those businesses at an early age, and he simply requested that I obtain my experience and make my mistakes uh, on someone else's nickel. Uh, then we'd work together. And it's been uh, a 30-year journey, and we're finally uh, making this work. Uh, we're looking at finding a, a small middle market business for us to purchase uh, and
1: work together on. So, Jim, you are a Kellogg professor, if I'm not mistaken. I am indeed. Uh, so you uh, not only are involved in working with businesses and involved in acquiring a business, which Justin just alluded to a moment ago, but you're actually involved in in training and helping uh, folks that are in business for themselves, entrepreneurs. So you know a thing or two about the uh, about the economy and about business in general, don't you?
3: That's a rumor I started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, I, I I fact checked and I, I verified that it is indeed true. So uh, there is one part of the team that's not here today, and uh, I Justin, you just mentioned a little bit about uh, about your dad's background, and and, uh, in, and you certainly have an impressive resume of your own. Tell us a little bit about your wife as well
2: yes so uh first off uh while she's not able to be with us at the moment uh it goes without saying she's the smartest of the three of us
1: <laughs> well you're earning some brownie points at home right now. I hope I hope your wife is tuned in so uh, tell us a little bit about the company that the profile of the company that sort of you're 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 looking to uh to acquire and most importantly why are you looking to acquire a company i know you have something that uh, the our listeners can't see the passion and the uh, and the genuine uh, look of sincerity on your face right now i'm i'm thrilled to have you here in studio but you're doing this for a purpose and i want to hear a little bit about that purpose as well
2: Yeah, so just uh, starting with the nature of the business. Uh, Basically, it's our capital. We're the ones looking to to do it ourselves. Uh, It's a long term hold strategy, so we're not looking at an exit anytime soon. From an investment criteria standpoint, we're looking at anything with uh, less than 12 million revenue, uh, anything that uh, is about 1.5 million um, earnings, uh, or also known as EBITDA, or less. We are open to distressed businesses, which is actually my father's uh, particular area of expertise. The more
1: distressed, the better. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I like healthy companies. So, yeah. so yeah. We're, we're trying to find that right balance. Uh, family business. So I guess that's the, the, the only area that, that you might disagree on. OK, got it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are looking for it to be in the
2: Midwest, uh, ideally a few hours drive from Chicago. We are open on the industry, so uh, we're a bit agnostic on it. We do like commercial, residential services, as well as light manufacturing. Uh, that said, we are flexible, and and you also alluded to the idea. This would be the first of several acquisitions. As our primary goal is to create a foundation, and that foundation will support local and global charity initiatives.
1: That's inc- that's that's impressive, and and you know we we talk uh, often on this show about a unique value proposition. We talk a lot about businesses doing business with with other companies uh certainly we talk about uh, about individuals companies acquiring we talk about businesses that are selling but what you just mentioned the uh that this being the first acquisition of of that that will lead to eventual philanthropy is is absolutely incredible so tell us a little bit about uh, uh about why uh that's important to you tell us a little bit about why to you to your family this is uh, this is an important goal, and and why you're willing to work so hard, uh, all in the interest of of certainly making a few bucks, but also uh, in giving back to community. Absolutely. So I, I've spent my entire career in corporate,
2: as well as consulting work, and also working even for startups. And I've always done it on the on behalf of someone else. And what we're really looking to do is do something that that creates a, a greater good, local job growth, and and. Also, ideally, get the rest of the family involved as well. I'm going to do a quick call out to my three daughters, uh, Julia, Catherine, and, and Laura. If you're hearing me now, uh, you, we, you are my, the love of my life. Uh, and unless the business is in a you know bridal store or a bakery, they probably won't be as keen to be involved in the business as I would like. Sure. So as a result, the family foundation is is, is playing that role
1: in in paying it forward. And and Justin, you uh, you have been involved in creating middle market businesses for GE. Uh, Jim, you've been involved in in certainly uh, many businesses and have, have uh, served in many board uh, roles for for many companies. Uh, but as we mentioned before, you are uh, your professor at Kellogg. And it sounds like mentoring, advising, education is a theme that I'm hearing. So aside for giving back philanthropically, it sounds like also that mentorship is important to you. So I, Jim, I'd love to pick your brain on, on this one. Um, we, we like to, uh, ask, uh, successful entrepreneurs, successful business owners, what is the one bit of advice that that you have for, for somebody starting up somebody that, that might be brand new in business, the, the, the lesson that you wish you knew early on?
3: Oh boy. Um, it's probably, uh, I'm afraid I'd have to say two, which professors okay. <laughs> always change the subject. Um, it's one, don't give up. Okay. As what I find, the people who just, nothing stops them. But two, be willing to pivot. If you're going the wrong direction and, and things aren't going the way you thought, be willing to change. Most of even what we call the unicorns today, which are the great big companies, never started off the way they are today. You know, YouTube, for example, uh, started off as a, a dating service. Uh, there's a lot of companies like that that realized they had to pivot and then found their niche. So it's don't give up, be willing to pivot.
1: Very interesting. And and that's a theme that I've heard from many successful business owners that uh, most of the time that first uh, – even when things seem to be going super-duper well, there's going to be a speed bump. There's going to be something that will happen that will uh, maybe shake things up. And and the weak-spirited among us uh, might be the ones to say, you know, let's let's move on. This just ain't for me. But entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, is it?
3: No, it's not. And you've got to realize that uh, even entrepreneurship doesn't fit anyone. It's really no different than anyone can buy a Speedo but not everyone should wear one
1: <laughs> <laughs> great advice i'm going to take that as as lesson number three <laughs> <laughs> lesson number three from uh jim shine over here that's that's great so we are we are running out of time and uh and I want to make sure that our listeners can get a hold of you. You have a very unique uh you you have a very unique direction um and you I know you're looking for for companies. Uh, that, that you're looking to acquire and, and you're looking, you are mentoring already. You're helping the next generation and you're involved in, uh, in paying it forward in a major way. But tell us a little bit about uh, how and why people uh, should reach out to you. Well, we're, we're
2: working to connect with small business owners who are looking for an exit strategy so that they can see their business continue to thrive and their employees treated like family. And as a result, if you're a business owner, we want to talk to you. If you represent or know of business owners looking to potentially sell their business, again, in the criteria we're looking for, we also want to talk to you.
1: That's fantastic. So, how can people uh, reach you? Best way is through email, uh,
2: and that is shineadvisory at yahoo.com. That is spelled S H E I N Advisory, A D V I S O R Y, at yahoo.com
1: fantastic well we appreciate you joining us here in studio hope our listeners will reach out to you appreciate that advice those three tips uh, perhaps the most important is that every <laughs> well uh, we'll, we'll, leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that for the podcast well thank okay. you so much for joining us coming up after the break we've got more advice tips and information jim o joins us talking to us about drag racing
3: how can you get from
1: Back in the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from this show and get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on my website at ShalomKlein.com. Follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. We're powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check out their website, TandemHR.com. So I'm thrilled to be joined by Jim Oberhofer, um, who is... Uh, really a uh, a very well-regarded author, speaker, and uh, believe it or not, there are lessons that uh, that that us entrepreneurs uh, are learning, I've learned, from reading up on drag racing, which is something Jim knows a thing or two about. Jim, thanks for joining us on Get Down to Business.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, Shalom.
1: Absolutely. So you wrote a book, Top Fuel for Life, Life Lessons from a Crew Chief, uh it's absolutely a fascinating read and i had the good fortune of uh of taking a sneak peek at your book uh certainly something i recommend our listeners do as well uh you know let's let's talk about your background for a second why why the book why are you so passionate (laughs) not just about drag racing but but about life lessons and, and and what are what have you sort of set out to teach other people
4: You know, what I do, I'm the the, um, vice president of operations for Coletta Motorsports. We are a uh, four-car drag racing team that competes on the uh, National Hot Rod Association circuit. And we travel all over the country, and we race and, you know, compete to win races and compete to uh, win championships. And, uh, you know, I've been with uh, the Coletta Motorsports team now for this is my 29th year and, you know, kind of started at the bottom and worked my way up top. And uh, you know the Coletta family—they are like a family to me. Our owner Connie Coletta and uh, driver Doug Coletta, and along with all of our other team members, they're they're like family. And you know, when I started, we had like about five employees, and you know, right now we have about a little over seventy employees. And um, you know, really created a, a business. And and with any business. Um, you know, and, and when you're focusing on trying to to win and and uh, be on top all the time, sometimes your focus gets really, you know, pointed towards one thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was all about winning. It was all about you know winning races and being part of championship teams. And you've had and, uh,
1: many wins. You've had many wins along the way, but but a- along the way as well, together with every win. Um, you know, sometimes there's uh, life takes its turns, and I, I know you've learned from those experiences. Tell us, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about about some of those experiences, and and again, why you decided to uh, to, uh, to 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 make a, to to write a book and and make this part of your uh, your your passion.
4: Right. right, and and you know, for me, I was very fortunate. You know, in my time in racing, I, I uh, met my uh, future wife, Tammy and we got married. We had a beautiful daughter, um, Ashley, and uh, in uh, May of 2012, my wife Tammy was diagnosed with uh, stage four metastatic lung cancer, and um, ultimately, this horrible disease took her life uh, in June of 2013, and during the time that she was sick, there was a lot of things that that went on that I didn't understand uh, whatsoever about cancer, about what she was going through. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I learned a lot through that. And, um, you know, at first I thought, well, you know, I'm a crew chief on a, on a top fuel dragster and we could fix anything. You know, we could fix problems. And and I thought I could fix this. And after, about five months into her illness, I finally Realized that she was dying in front of my eyes and then i started cherishing my time with her i started uh you know paying more attention to her and and what happened was that i started realizing what a great group of people that i have supporting me at coletta motorsports uh people that i would have never thought that could do certain things that stepped up in my absence um to make sure everything was good for me because a lot of my time was spent up at a hospital. A lot of my time was spent with Tammy, taking her to the doctors, to pain clinics, everything to to take care of her and take care of my daughter. And I had a great group of people back at Colletta Motorsports that kept the ship uh, sailing and kept us moving forward and allowed me to fly in on the weekends and Tune the race car and be successful, Jim. I way. want to touch and- on
1: that for a moment um, because I, I think uh, what you're what you're t- what you're talking about is is something that's very very relevant to uh, to, to folks in business, uh, which are many of our listeners out here in Chicago, um, building teams. Yep. And that, it sounds like that's something that you learned. That's one of the lessons along the way. Aside for uh, aside for celebrating life and celebrating the positive things and certainly learning from the from the challenging times in life is it sounds like team building and uh, it has been very important uh for you both in life as well as uh as well as in building those championship teams as well tell us a little bit about that
4: absolutely you know my the, the, the teamwork the people that you have you know they, there's that old saying that you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and that's so true You know, in our industry, I I can't win by myself. I need great people around me. And you know, I look at people, and everybody has a good quality about them. Um, So even if that person that you know, okay, this person may not be able to do that specific job um, or a specific job. They have a good quality about them, and it's 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 my job, it's our leaders' jobs in at Colletta Motorsports to try to figure out what people are good at, and really focus on what it is that they're good at, because they're going to have something good that they they can add to your team and to help make your team better. And you know, for me, I also wanted to start bringing um, that excitement into our organization that man, we're doing something really cool. You know, we're getting to go out and play with 10,000 horsepower race cars, cars that go 330-plus miles an hour in less than four seconds. This is a cool job. This is fun. You know, this is not like your normal eight-to-five job, you know, five days a week. You know, we get to do a lot of cool things. So why wouldn't you be happy? So, you know, I started trying to really preach that, you you know, let's be happy about what it is that we have. Especially in this day and age when, you know, the economy is what it is and, and you know, sometimes people are struggling to have jobs, we should feel very fortunate. And winning isn't everything. I used to think that the only thing that made me happy was winning in a championship, but I soon realized that I was just really happy that I had the opportunities that I had in life. I get to work with the people that I get to work with and I get to help, you know, build and maintain this great team that we have and and um, it really made me look at things a lot differently, especially when, after my wife passed away and uh, with my daughter, who now she does all of our social media work for mm-hmm. us, you know, that she was my biggest support system. My daughter was my biggest supporter. You know, I had great support all along, and I never really knew about it. Well, and we're and chatting with Jim
1: Overhoffer, the, uh, the author of Top Feel for Life, uh, Crew Chief. Um, and the vice president of operations um, for Coletta Motorsports. Um, and your book is a fascinating read. I know it's available on Amazon, and uh, and and it, it really it's it's. I, I read the book, and it it's it's inspirational. Uh, just to hear your story, I hear the the genuine happiness in your voice, and I know you've gone through a lot. And it certainly sounds like you have your daughter to be happy for. You have uh, you have a lot of great memories to be happy for, and it sounds like you you genuinely enjoy what you do. And you've built teams, and uh, you've learned a lot about leadership as as well. So, uh, I encourage our listeners to uh, to to purchase a copy of the book. Find uh, get on your website, which uh, I'll, I hope you'll be able to share with us in a moment and find out where uh, where you're speaking, because uh, as great as our conversation is on the air, I think uh, from the clips of videos that I've seen, it sounds like you've inspired a lot of people. So thank you for doing that. Uh, Jim, if you don't mind uh, sharing with us where people can find your book and again, where people can uh, learn a little bit about where uh, they can find you around the country.
4: Yeah, obviously, you said on Amazon.com under uh, Top Fuel for Life, you can get it there. Um, Also, if you're a fan of NHRA drag racing, you can come to any of the events and and, uh, pick up a copy of my book at um, our uh, merchandise trailer, the uh, Coletta Motorsports Merchandise Trailer. And then um, also, we sell it on the the Coletta Racing uh, website, that's ColettaRacing.com. And then I have my own website as well, TopFuelForLife.com. And, um, you know, it's it's, it, I'm looking forward to, I'm just getting into speaking and speaking in front of people. Last night I did something uh, local here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and, um, you know, for a children's hospital. In a couple weeks I get to do something down in Charlotte, North Carolina for the Brakes organization, which is for uh, teaching kids how to uh, drive safely and, you know, not let distractions like texting and things, sure. you know, distract you from driving. So there's there's it's so, it's so cool that I get to share my story. Well, thank you forward. for
1: sharing your story with our listeners. We'll be sure to check back in with you. Again, Top feel for Life. After the break, we're going to be chatting with Merrill Matthews from the Institute for Policy Innovation, uh, continuing the conversation about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Thanks for joining us.
0: It's back biggest conservative event in the Midwest returns this October. It's Freedom Summit Chicago 2016, October 29th in Itasca. Featuring Alan West, Michelle Malkin, Mike Gallagher, Stephen Moore, Dan Proff, Amy Jacobson, Joe Walsh, and many more. Tickets start at just $29. Order your tickets today at freedomsummitchicago.com. That's freedomsummitchicago.com. Sponsored in part by Precision Payroll of America, Chicago Anesthesia, and Pain Specialists. And by the Illinois Policy.
3: Fox News Radio. I'm Jane Metzler on a Louisiana interstate. Two people are dead, including...
1: Back in Get Down to Business. Thrilled to be joined by Merrill Matthews, resident scholar of the Institute for Policy Innovation in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Merrill, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. The the agency, the Environmental Protection Agency, an agency which um, many conservatives don't believe should exist, uh, have released some new policies that uh many of us myself included uh believe are going to crush working families and small businesses. Uh tell us a little bit about uh your studies on the subject and and uh and why the policies uh should be relooked at. Yeah
0: well the uh, environmental protection well congress passed legislation in 2007 that requires uh gasoline to have what's, what we call the renewable fuel standard a certain amount of ethanol that was has been about 10% of our gasoline uh and they and the EPA was required by congress to come back and study this every 3 years to see if that was a, if if Expanding ethanol in the gasoline was actually benefiting the environment, benefiting consumers, and so forth. So, the EPA uh, uh, released its first uh, study on that in 2012 uh, after the legislation passed. It's supposed to have released its second study, and it it just simply hasn't done that. So, it's been called on the uh, carpet, and the Inspector General of the Environmental Protection Agency has said, We just simply are not in compliance with the law to let people know if the ethanol that we're putting in gasoline is in fact benefiting society. And that's an important issue because uh, back in the mid 2000s, environmentalists typically thought ethanol, uh, basically corn based ethanol that went into, uh, uh, was to be uh, burned in cars and gasoline, would actually be better for the environment. And now increasingly we think it probably isn't. And the other issue was we were running, we were reducing, we were, our oil production was declining back in the mid 2000s. We were actually in. Increasing our oil production. Now we're the largest producer of oil in the world.
1: Well, we've so nearly we doubled that. since 2005 uh, in terms of our our, our daily crude oil uh, production. And there's an unprecedented production boom. And I believe we're well underway uh, towards total energy independence. So for all those reasons, the the renewable fuel standards. Uh, Don't make sense. And, and, but, but let's touch on the small business angle of this. Why, why will this, uh, why will the EPA's new, uh, new policy, new standards, uh, which certainly are not moving in the direction that they should in, in addressing the, uh, the, the production boom, um, but sort of are focused on the old data and the old, old sciences. Why is that going to hurt working families and small businesses?
0: begin with the oil and gas industry is one of the highest paying industries out there uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, wildcatters those who go into and drill and shale oil and gas they are usually small companies that are doing that and that's where the explosion is now they had cut back a little bit uh, as, as it had been in the last year and beginning of this year simply because of the price of oil going down but they're actually coming back in now if you were to eliminate that ethanol mandate in there 18 billion gallons of ethanol is having to go into our gasoline. If we eliminated that, you would find that you would have an awful, there would be a bigger need for oil and gas. That industry would begin to pick up. The increased demand would raise the prices. Corn would still be in demand out there. Prices would probably fall a little bit, but corn would still be in demand. And prices for products that have corn in it would probably fall, so that would help the
1: consumers and uh obviously uh for uh for small businesses well we're here in Illinois but but really around the country i know uh states like tennessee uh in particular have uh you you've written about that in in the past and, and so much of the economy is, is is based on this so renewable fuel standards is certainly something that are is actually uh it's actually going to hurt our economy and uh and and what what would you propose Uh, For the for the EPA at this point, If, if they could roll it all back and if they could say, let's do this over and let's look at the current data, let's look at the current production boom that really is taking place. What would you recommend?
0: I would recommend that the uh, ethanol become a voluntary deal. The people who support ethanol say consumers like it. it they say it lowers prices on gasoline and other things fine, if that 's the case, then consumers would demand it in their gasoline. My guess is if the ethanol were uh, voluntary for gasoline, most consumers wouldn 't care and would actually pu- uh, choose just uh, straight gasoline rather than ethanol mix. So I would make it a voluntary thing that was incidentally something that Ted Cruz had proposed, just making it voluntary. Uh, rather than the mandate they have right now. And the problem we have is the mandate keeps growing. We've got 18 billion uh, gallons now, and the mandate keeps growing to more and more so that we're going to get past to the point where we're going to have so much ethanol in the gasoline that we're going to be hurting our car
1: engines. Well, Merrill Matthews, resident scholar of the Institute for Policy Innovation, uh, certainly uh, that that proposal of voluntary uh, ethanol is, is certainly something unique. And, and uh, as you mentioned, presidential candidate, former presidential candidate Ted Cruz uh, proposed this. And it will be interesting to see what the EPA uh, follows suit on uh, over the coming months. And in an upcoming administration, uh, the EPA uh, certainly needs to innovate uh, in order to help working families, in order to help small businesses around our country in states like Illinois and beyond. Uh, Merrill Matthews, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business.
0: Thank you. For
1: having me. Absolutely. Well, coming up, we're going to be ch- chatting a little bit about travel, both within the United States and internationally. Um, and we'll be joined by uh Mordechai Charka. Uh, he'll tell us uh, some tips and uh, certainly share with us where uh, where you should be looking uh to, to save and and earn. Um, get down to business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solutions center. You can find them online at tandemhr.com or give them a call six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero. And speaking of tips, they've got a lot on their websites. Don't touch Dalka you're listening to the show all about small business So we just chatted about oil mining and how it's affecting small businesses uh, around our country and now we're going to talk a little bit about mining for miles because not all credit cards are created equal. That's what uh, Mordechai Charka's website says. Uh, Morty, welcome to uh, get down to business.
5: Hey Shawn, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be
1: here. You bet. So, uh, no, not all credit cards are created equal. Uh that's that's what you say and I know you do a uh, a good amount of credit card consulting and helping uh helping both individuals but also small businesses, which certainly is relevant to our listeners on uh, on earning points. Do you think that businesses uh business owners might be smart in terms of what they do, but but all too often Uh, I guess a lot of business owners are throwing opportunities and throwing points away by not taking advantage.
5: Definitely. I I would say most of the clients that I interact with um, are earning 1% cash back per purchase. uh, When there's a lot of cards out there that can get you a lot better than that, the uh, Capital One Spark business card can earn you 2% cash back um, or two miles per dollar. The the real big return is with the Chase card um, and MX they both have good cards for earning high returns on things like office supplies, cable bills, things that you're really going to be spending a lot of money on to support your small business.
1: So, uh, but it's not just for small business owners, uh, which certainly can take advantage of many of these corporate cards, uh, but for individuals as well. Uh, everybody loves to travel. Everybody loves to have great experiences. Uh, I know from watching uh, your website and your blog, and of course, we'll make sure to share that information with our. Uh, with our loyal listeners uh, shortly, uh, I know that when you are able to take advantage of the credit cards um, by putting your routine expenses, you can actually take advantage of uh, of, of the points and the, and the savings that are available. So as they say on many of the commercials, uh, Mordecai, I have to ask you this question, what's in your wallet? <laughs> That's
5: a great, great question, Shalom. Uh, well, the banks are always competing to be the first in your wallet. Um, But I'm a big fan of the Chase Freedom Unlimited card. Chase has sort of cornered the market in the past few years with uh, travel rewards cards, um, and they they just released a a great new product called the Chase Sapphire Reserve. There's a high annual fee on the product, but for those who are looking to travel big, travel far, um, get a great return on their purchases, you're talking two points per dollar, three points per dollar on categories that you're going to spend all the time, like dining and traveling, um, those are the good cards to start
1: with. Well, Mordecai, uh, again, we're chatting with Mordecai Charka of the website Mining for Miles, and uh, we talked a little bit about some of your recommendations on on small business and personal credit cards, but let's talk about credit. It is credit cards after after all. Um, in order to open the cards, uh, you actually you need to use credit in order to earn credit. Tell us a little bit about some of the tips that you are providing to your clients in terms of credit utilization and payment history. How do you recommend that uh, small business owners or individuals use their credit cards safely and effectively?
5: Definitely. That's a great question, and it's a question I get all the time. Something that we, we take into account when we do the credit cards consult is personal credit history. So. Typically with your small businesses, for example, it's rare that the, that the lender will pull their the, the business credit file, so typically they're going to pull your personal credit file, and so they'll see all your, your credit accounts, your mortgage, your auto loan, um, student loans, if you still have them in every every credit account. So what, what really makes up a majority of your credit health is the credit utilization, so how much credit you're using at a time, which you typically want to keep at 10% of total credit. So if you have $100,000 credit from all the banks that you have credit cards with, you don't want to be using more than ten thousand at a time um, in payment history. So those are really two of the biggest things that will affect your credit history uh, and your credit health. So if you can keep both of those in check, you'll have an easier time getting new cards more frequently and being able to maximize on the sign-up bonuses and their rewards.
1: And and you uh, you make a point on your website which I I want to uh, bring up um, today and get down to business. So you mentioned that uh, the world is credit cards are sort of a dime a dozen and it's easy to get lost in the world of plastic. And I find that interesting. Um, one of the things that you do for your clients, uh, and again, we want to make sure that our listeners know how to reach you if they want to continue the discussion with you, is you actually have a consultative conversation with the, individuals with business owners that have a specific plan in mind they want to know how can i travel to europe how can i visit somewhere and increasingly in the world of american express and i believe starwoods is is certainly a good example how can i earn the points for x y or z experience and you actually help to develop the solution for them Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and, and why you decided to, to, to turn this passion into a reality?
5: Definitely, definitely. It's a great question, and, and you also bring up a good point. I, I started after college. I had my first job, and so I was able to report an income, and I got a credit card because I thought it was important to start building a history, um, but not for traveling, but really for a mortgage and auto loan, et cetera. And then my brother-in-law actually turned to me and said, why aren't you traveling for free? Why are you spending money? Uh, and it sort of opened up this entire world, uh, and I was able to get my first rewards card, and then six months later, another rewards card, and then since then, just been um, a constant continuation of the process. Being organized is really important, and I, I'm an organized person. I think that there's a lot of noise out there. It's a really crowded space right now, specifically award booking and credit card consulting. But it's not about what I do, or what you do. It's about what is best for your business and best for you as a, sure. as a family. If you want to take your, you want to take your family to Hawaii, right? All four of you. How could you save money by doing that? And credit card awards can definitely help you get
1: there. Well, for somebody like Mordechai Charka asking that question of what's in your wallet is not a safe question because uh, because I know <laughs> you've had experiences with so many different companies and you know what's good and you know what's bad. Um, but uh, we are running out of time. Um, mining for Miles, um, Mordechai Charka, if you don't mind sharing with us the website and uh, how people sure. can get a hold of you.
5: Definitely. So it's miningformiles, M-I-N-I-N-G, 4 com. There's an email, contact us button, and you can follow on Facebook or follow on Instagram.
1: And there's um, some great experiences that you've had as a result of these uh, of, of uh, taking advantage of maximizing everyday purchases. Mordechai Charka of Mining for Miles, thanks for, thanks for joining us on Get Down to Business. We'll be sure to check back in with you again. Uh, coming up after the break, we've got more tips, advice, and information for all of you small business owners who are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. Great talent is the driving force behind your success. And now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at seven thirty a.m. right here on AM five sixty. The answer I've got a three letter word for you, and it's safe. I'm allowed to say this on the air, George. So don't cut me off. It's uh, how to tell if you need a PEO. Uh, and uh, this is from our good friends at Tandem HR. As a business owner, you're responsible for an overwhelming number of tasks. Most of these tasks require knowledge and expertise in areas that you might not be familiar with. Um, let's be honest. This isn't why you started your business in the first place. You started your business because of your passion, your desire to build a thriving and profitable enterprise. So what's weighing you down? One of the biggest challenges experienced by, it's experienced by business owners is HR-related tasks, human resources. Thousands of small mid sized businesses are engaging with professional employer organizations. I told you, George, uh, PEO is not a bad uh, three letter word. Uh, and Tandem HR uh, serves as a solution to these challenges. And here's how you could tell if you can benefit from PEO. You cringe when you hear the words payroll or employment law compliance. These issues are very important, and lack of proper attention or a seemingly small mistake can lead to big problems, including the penalty of cost, uh, the possibility of costly penalties, you're probably spending way too much time dealing with and worrying about these critical areas. And a PEO can provide you with complete HR infrastructure, specialists in HR, payroll benefits, risk management, and they're provided at a fraction of the cost um, of bringing them in-house. And the thought of shopping for an, or administrating benefits makes you want to jump off a bridge. There's so many benefit options in the marketplace, which, will, which one will, will your employees value from the most? Which products are dependable and from reputable companies? Why is there such a disparity in pricing? All of these things are what a PEO takes responsibility for in administering your benefits. And PEOs like TandemHR are incredibly helpful in helping with new employee orientation and annual benefit renewal meetings to help you uh, manage uh, and administer your benefits within your company. And if you're unable to compete for and retain key talent, losing great resources to your competitors, then again, you should be talking to a PEO to pool, um, uh, to, to pool together with other businesses and their client base um, and their significant buying power in order to provide a range of benefits that, your small business may not be able to otherwise take advantage of. So you actually end up sort of operating like a Fortune 500 company when you're a Fortune 19,000 company, and you have a team of knowledgeable HR professionals assigned to your organization, creating a professional experience across all levels of employee relations. And if compliance seems overwhelming on FLFLSA, ACA, HIPAA, and so many other things, again, a PEO is right for you. Talk to our friends at Tandem HR today. Give them a call, 630 510 630 9280510, or visit their website, tandemhr.com. I mentioned earlier that they had a fantastic event and a great speaker earlier, um, actually last week. And I learned so much from uh, from them. And I would strongly encourage you get in touch with the professionals, with the team at Tandem HR, even just for a consultation. Um, they always are a wealth of knowledge and information. TandemHR.com. Give them a call six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero. Visit their website Tandem. HR.com. What a fantastic lineup of guests. We spoke with Jim and Justin Sheen um, and uh, and they certainly are involved in advising and mentoring business owners and uh, certainly looking to acquire businesses in the interest of philanthropy. Uh, so fascinating story. Uh, we spoke with Jim O, a crew chief um, who has learned from life's challenges. We spoke with Merrill Matthews about uh taxing and uh, and in intense regulations in the oil industry um, brought on by the Environmental Protection Agency. And we spoke with Mining for Miles chief uh, Mordechai Charka about how you can take advantage of credit cards to earn points on everyday purchases for your small business. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. These guests, uh, these interviews, these conversations and uh, many others from the past two years of get down to business are posted on my website at Uh that's where you can actually get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we post uh, some great events and great opportunities to interact with like-minded small business owners so again shellumline.com but now to success let's get down to business we'll talk to you next Sunday at this time for the past
0: 100 100-